Welcome to Video Night with your hosts, Michael and Andrew. Andrew. Hey. <laughs> What's up? Uh, I'm in Texas now. Yes. How was your we, road trip? It was, uh, it was fast. We did this in like 16 hours, maybe. 16? That's from yeah, Tennessee w- to Texas? Not counting the stops at uh, hotels and stuff. We had no time to do Americana truck stop giant ball of yarn stuff. Did you get did you get to anger any uh, crazy truck drivers? Oh no. Uh, no, I didn't. No. no, none of that stuff. All no. right. I'm I'm relieved Let's... and kind of bummed all at yeah. once. Yeah. Well, speaking of fast, we are just in time for the new Fast and the Furious. Yep. This whole episode we're going to be talking about epi- uh, movies that have like a high-speed chase or a race kind of feel to them, more action-oriented. Kind of, yeah, it's also kind of a grab bag because this is comedies, this has thrillers in a sense it's it's more a grab bag of um car movies chase movies or, or car movies with at least a love of the vehicle in it somewhere right. you know and we were going to wait until we saw the new fast and the furious but i was afraid that a uh i hate people so i don't go to packed theaters and that movie is huge <laughs> so i'm not going to go to that <laughs> you uh, hate and b people? I despise the human race sometimes. Well, I only at movies. When I'm at movies and people can't stay off their phones, that's when I just want to slap them. Just stop it. Stop it. Yeah, okay. I get it. Be in the moment. And no one wants to be in the moment anymore. Right, right. Uh, And also, the other thing is the fact I was afraid that we were going to say something and give away a plot point in the movie. And we're still very early on in the box office, you know, its release. I don't want to accidentally say something. And then we don't even think about it. And then later we're like, oh, crap, we gave away this big thing. Yeah, too much. Too fresh, you know. I get it. So, so I guess right now we will probably just start off our an analysis of the whole franchise and then move on from there. Can I start? Just yeah, barely? go ahead. Okay, I didn't want to watch Fast and Furious ever. Um, Southern California car culture is what the initial movie was about, and right. I lived I lived there at the time, and I I don't like that culture. I don't. I mean, I don't like the. I like pretty ladies, and I like bikini ladies and stuff like that sometimes. I mean, if there's a pretty lady walking across the street, I'll look and I'll say, that's a pretty lady. It doesn't mean I want to hump them. It doesn't mean I want to objectify them or anything, but that's a pretty lady. But having that be such a, a trope that's in the movie, at least presented in the movie, uh, because it's a big thing of the car culture, I was rejecting it. Big time. Well, is it also is it also the bro culture? The yes, 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 exactly. Frat boy the, culture is like Ed Hardy. What's well, under your hood, man? Yeah, Ed Hardy, bro, Brosif, Brewskis, and all that stuff. Um, and I'm not, I'm a manly guy, but I'm not a macho guy. And manly, yeah. I mean, I chop wood and stuff. Okay, I don't, I don't. I, I also cried at a few movies, and I love animals, <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a big softy, but. Uh, I rejected that kind of culture um, at the time when it came out, and especially when the second one came out, Too Fast, Too Furious. I made fun of it, and I didn't even see it. I was one of those jerks. I eventually saw, for the first one that I saw was uh, Tokyo Drift, and I so enjoyed it, except for all the cell phone stuff, because it's it, it made everything, it, it outdated itself. Immediately, once they pull out the cell phones and start using that as a thing, right? It's like it dates itself, and it's supposed to be the fifth one 
Anyway. Okay, yeah, so the, the series is confusing when it comes to the timeline. Now, I'll yeah. say, with the first movie, I watched it, and I said, oh, it's 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 Point Break with Cars. Mm-hmm. It's almost the same exact setup. So uh, No Man's Land, wait, 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 No Man's Land as well? It has the thing oh, about yeah, No yes, Man's definitely. Land with the girlfriend. <clears throat> that Those two movies, yes, Point Break and No Man's Land. Uh, so, it, I wasn't too excited when the second one came out. The trailer was really good, though. They used, um, oh, what is the band? It's like the Icelandic rap band. They had one hit, you know, stick them up, whale. stick them up. What was what, it? Is it Whale? Hobo, Hump, no. and Slobo, Babe? No, I'll look it up later. But they were okay. hot for like a brief moment. They had a really cool song, and I really liked it. And uh, Kor- Karashi? Okay, maybe. Hey, I'll, I'll put it on this. It'll be playing. Okay. It, it just started earlier. <laughs> That's... <laughs> Uh, so the second one is like uh, the way I re- describe Speed Racer, but in a good way. It's a candy-coated movie. It, it, the whole thing is very bright and lively and exciting. As dumb as a box of rocks. Hey, I, stupid, I, I saw the so third exciting. one first. I saw the third one first, which got me interested in this just a series. I saw, I think, the fourth one after the third one, and then I was like, I'm gonna go watch the series. And right. the second one. Is great. It's dumb, like you said, but it's really great. And it, I don't like the whole everybody's calling it uh, homoerotic because that's just people putting stuff where. It, yeah, I don't see that at all. Just, all I know, it's just two best friends. The only thing that's weird about the movie is the way that uh, uh, he keeps saying "breh" instead of "Brian." A "breh," "breh." <laughs> yeah, hey "breh," hey "breh." <laughs> Uh, Cole Hauser is an amazing villain, though. He's probably the best of the bunch. I think he's really great. And, you know, his character is not dead. He is in jail, right? I'm pretty sure he's still alive. Mm. He just took a bullet to the shoulder or something. I haven't seen the second one in a while. But I think yeah. he's still alive. And they should take all of the villains that are still alive and put them together like an like anti. A, a league Like of... a just... Yes, yes! Like, like, <laughs> like a le- league versus le- the league Legion of, of the Doom. Villains. What is Legion, the le- Legion of Doom. Legion of Doom. Yeah. I am not that. I just embarrassed. I'm gonna hand him my nerd card now. I I, and I'm not even. I I, I don't like DC. And <laughs> I took your nerd card for a second. <laughs> I used um, it. So yeah, the second one is pretty good, but it's dumb. The third one really sold me. Yeah, it's the most. It's great. It's the it, biggest. It's the throw. It, it bombed so bad. It bombed so bad that they it's... were not even gonna continue the franchise. I was like, oh, are they gonna go straight to video next? But yeah, it's it the great. throw. Lucas it was Black a throwaway. So cool. It was a throwaway. Eh, we're just cashing in on the name. Uh, well, here's this little cameo at the end. Yeah, and you know what's funny is, did you know that Vin Diesel traded in his cameo for the rights to Riddick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do believe I... I yes. I, How much were they going to pay him in the first place in order to go, you know what, All right, we'll give you this. I mean, Riddick had right? some value at least in some A little merchandising bit, yeah. or... Somewhere. He had the video yeah. games going on, right. Yeah, who knows? They, they were probably going to offer him half a million just for a cameo. Yeah, but that that cameo made it so that it, it was it was kind of important when you get to it. You're like, oh, this is part of the series. It's not just cash. Yeah, but then it gets weird because Tokyo Drift takes place after 4, 5, and 6. Mm-hmm. Which, if you look at Lucas Black, his hair is kind of thinning out. Forehead's getting a little bit bigger than it should be. For us to believe, it's been like ten years. <laughs> I love Lucas still, Black. He's so good. He's great. He's, he was in X Files. Yeah, he was the kid. Yeah, he was in the beginning of the X Files movie. Oh, I remember yeah. him mostly from The War. That's the first thing I saw him with Kevin Costner. Yeah, hey, hey, little shitter. 
He's so <laughs> southern. He's so southern. And it doesn't annoy me. And southern usually annoys me. Sorry, all the folks in the Okay, South. so Tokyo Drift is a great one. It brought me back into the franchise even more than I had with the second one. It wasn't dumb. It was exciting. And it, it kind of changed the franchise up. You know, I don't uh I don't know if their plan was to go with a different cast with each movie or that Lucas Black was going to be the star, but it definitely didn't seem to have any interest in continuing with Paul Walker and Vin Diesel because they're so expensive. Yeah. But part three, yeah, part three bombed. So they brought it back for part four, which is surprising because you would think they would go either really low budget, barely released in theaters, or direct to video. Yeah, by that but time. But no, Fast and Furious brought everybody back. People got excited. Huge opening. It's the worst of the bunch. It is terrible. Which is the one? Is that the one with the road train at the beginning? Yes. The the, the beginning is too bad. Beginning is amazing. Are terrible. That's actually that's actually why we saw it because they had the extended trailer of just that scene, and I was like, ah. We went and saw it in a theater. Yeah, but otherwise, I think the movie's dull. Now, it's not a terrible movie in its own right, but compared to the rest, it's pretty boring. The final action sequence, you know, where they drive through the mountain, do you remember that? Okay, that's the one, yeah, yeah. I was remembering, like, they were, darkness is a filmmaker's best friend when they don't have a budget. Yeah, and I just, it was so boring, it went on forever. And I gave up on the franchise. I said, this is garbage. I can't believe it made so much money. It must be nostalgia. And hmm. everybody kept talking about Fast Five. Yeah. And I was like, it was, it opened really big, and people were really talking about it. And I looked on Rotten Tomatoes, and the reviews were strong. I mean, it was like 75% or something. I was like, whoa, whoa, what? Critics like yeah. this one? Because they've always hated the franchise. And if they did like it, they're always like, wow, well, it's dumb, but fun. You know, that kind of Yeah, yeah. So, wait. Refresh my memory on Five. What is Five it? is the one where they all kind of get together, and the franchise changes from just being a racing movie to a heist movie. It's the one where they're in Brazil. Uh, okay, on, Brazil, and the they drag the bank. they drag the bank. Right. It's okay. Yeah, where they they drag the bank vault or whatever with them, and of course it's got Dwayne Johnson. And mm-hmm. there's nothing like seeing that opening trailer where he is chasing after them and just busting through windows. It's like no holds barred. You see the fight sequences, the chases are back. And I was like, all right, all right, okay, I'll watch it. I loved it. So it's uh, what I what I like about five because there's so many of them now that that I get confused about which is which. What I like about five is what you said. It's both a car thing and the physical. You didn't say this with your words, but this is what you're talking about: the physical action that the actors do, the parkour through the buildings and busting right. through the. <clears throat> that stuff is amazing. It's always been amazing to me. I've always liked to see it done really well. Uh, it seems like they. We're paying attention to um, some of these French movies that came out in the late 90s, early 2000s that dealt with parkour. And they're like, oh, B13, District B13 and stuff like that. Right, right. As well. Um, or uh, Brick Ma- Mansions, which Paul Walker starred in. That's the movie he started before uh, the final uh, Fast and Furious 7, um, which it's a decent remake. It's yeah, it's okay. It's not bad. I, I prefer the original, but I do prefer the original as well. But I think, I think Dave, part of it's because the, of the Rizza is a weird villain. He has a <laughs> lisp, and I'm just like, oh, I'm not buying this at all. Uh, he's definitely better in that movie, Brick Mansions, than he is in his own movie, The Golden. Yeah, Iron Fists, whatever. But now anyway, that's a, that's all a digression. Um, point is. They do a lot of great physical stuff, and I think it's because The Rock is there, and he's like, right. well, if I'm, if I'm going to do this, 
it's going to be physical. So well, uh, and much, in part six, more physical, even ups it even more. Now they're probably oh, right. They're practically a superhero team now. There's yeah. lots of MMA fights. The car chases are really book. insane. There's a couple sequences that are so insanely implausible that it, <laughs> but I didn't care. That sequence where they they're uh, being they're chasing the tank, which is one of the yeah. craziest ideas I think they've ever had, is chasing the tank. Yeah. And I was I was, I, I was learning something about six. It was supposed to be two movies. I hate it was that. supposed to be. It was supposed to be this epic mega two movie arc, and it ended up they smushed them together for some producer reason. I'm sure. Uh, no, it's for the best. I'm sick and tired of these part one, part two, but it's all one story. Uh, yeah. Just set them up so that it works on its own, and then you can continue the storyline. Well, that's back that's to- why there's the tank chase, and then there's the plane chase, like back to back. It's like right. unrelenting. So. And I remember it's, the part where he hits his car up against the rail to save Letty. Yeah. And I, yeah. it was so insane. I got up and I, I never do anything in the theaters. I just went, yeah! <laughs> and I just You're sat adorable. right back down. Everybody like looking at me. Because it was a fairly oh. decent packed theater. And I was like, hey, hey, hey. It was awesome. <laughs> so dorky sometimes i and, love it but i did the same thing when the car burst out the front of the airplane which is in the trailer i'm not surprised but yet when it happened i was like <laughs> <laughs> right okay so these movies tap into something um that i think we also have with the mad max movies next episode is mad max um next car episode and it's the last car episode um we have with the Mad Max movies, especially the second and third one, is this, uh, I don't know, we love to see these cars do amazing stunts. Oh, yeah. And I think, I think the seeds really were there, not with Gone at 60 Seconds and Stuntman, whatever that stuff is. Really, truly, well-shot stuff with cars, American muscle, too, leaping through and bashing through things. It's just, we love it. As an as a culture, and Australia is very similar to America in that sense, where they have these Americanish cars. They're not American, but they're comparable. Uh huh. Like the Ford Falcon is what uh, Mad Max's car was. It's we didn't have that in America. Last of the V8 interceptors. <laughs> Don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. Oh no, my favorite line from that is, "I'll drive that tanker." But I love that when he's like. Uh, that's the VA interceptors. He's he really nice. He so, smiles when he says it. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah. Anyway, that, there's too much to talk about with Mad Max. <laughs> but my my point in bringing it up is that those seeds of were, were all of us when we're young. We saw it somehow on TV. Somehow we saw these crazy crashes and jumps and stuff, and we're like, what? And I think that just somehow seeped into all of our Fast and Furious movies as well. Especially, yeah. you know, 5. Especially, uh, I mean, is it 4? Yeah, 4. The beginning of 4 with the the tanker heist. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That is totally like a Mad Max thing and the road train that they're taking. Oh, well, like, I what? still say Ride with the Devil is the, the basis of the chase in Road Warrior. Okay, okay. I understand. I uh, the, here's the that. other thing that's great about the Fast and Furious movies is it starts off with blanks. You know, uh, Vin Diesel is pretty much a blank, and same thing for Paul Walker. They're pretty bland. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, Vin Diesel is a little more aggressive, and Paul Walker is yeah. the cute one. 
And uh, it was the third one where Lucas Black had a serious attitude. It's like they combined the two but gave him kind of a, a, a chip on his shoulder. I was like, hell, that's a They gave him a chip on his shoulder because he's such a tiny little man. He's yes, an adorable he little guy. Small. He's a uh, peewee version, <laughs> an amalgam, peewee amalgam of both of them. And, and that actually, I knew a guy who was really short, and he had the biggest chip on his shoulder because yeah, yeah, I knew when he was like growing too. up, when he was growing up, people used to pick on him solely because he was short, not for any other reason. So maybe that was the reason for but, Lucas Black's yeah. amalgam. But I think they took that idea. Now four is still kind of bland, but five and six by adding that huge cast, especially mm-hmm. in six, everything comes together. How awesome is Ludacris, Chris Bridges? He is probably yeah. my favorite character. He's so much fun. I I really like Tyrese in these movies. Not he's always eating. Ludacris. Well, he and Ludacris actually go at each other a lot. They're picking on each other a lot in as characters in the movie. Right. And that dynamic, I love. I love that dynamic. And it's really funny. Tyrese is this macho dude who's very handsome because he's a model. And then, like, he's doofy at the same time. And that's yeah. very in, that's very endearing, and he's always like the butt of some sort of joke. And his reactions, I feel like his reactions to things are very much like my reactions to things when, when I'm not quite in on the joke, and then I get it. Oh, the joke's on me, you know. So. Yeah, and then uh, Chris Bridges is basically like uh, Q and James Bond. He's the Q of their Bond. Yes, he's always, he is. He is the these Q. awesome gadgets. Mm-hmm. I would love to see a spinoff with those two, Tyrese and Ludacris. They, they, right? Great like, the early years. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. They're gonna, you know they're going to continue yeah. the franchise. Before, actually, they, we'll, they we'll talk about to. this afterwards. Uh, Seven, of course, is the one that got problematic because Paul Walker died in the middle Unfortunately. of Unfortunately, yeah. And, I mean, that's a horrible way to go. That really and, affected me, actually. That, that really, really affected me. Well, I think for... it affected the nation, which... It surprised me that Brick Mansions didn't make more money than it did because uh, I felt like people would have gone to it. You know, I don't know why. They I don't think it. they pushed it. I think they they were confused at that point as to how to deal with the marketing. It true. Um, but I I was affected because I had previously learned that Paul Walker is one of the most stand up dudes. No kidding. You could ever, you charity, could ever man. read about. Lots of charity work. I don't even think it's charity, you know, the term charity. I think it's just who he was to yeah. help people. He he came into a lot of wealth, and he sustained that wealth so that he could give it to people. Like True. Keanu Reeves. Yeah, Those two it, dudes, and they played the same character. Yeah, point break. Yes, yeah. Oh, you're right, you're right, right. See? And they never got Those respect. Those two guys. From, they never got right. respect from critics, ever. Ever. And just now, just now, Keanu Reeves is getting some some acclaim for his right. private Well, these life. are guys that not only hand but, over the cash, because it's easy to write a check when you're rich. Just go, oh, here's $50,000, now go away. You know, Paul Walker not only started funds, but he would go hands-on. He would go in there during his That's time what I'm talking about. And just bust his butt, given everything he had on, uh, uh, on the set and in life. So this is this is the stuff that that actually affected me the most. Not not his career, though. Running scared is one of my favorite movies, and he was in that. And one of the reasons why it's one of my favorite movies is because of him. Now, so, 
what are we going to do, you know, what are they going to do with the franchise after 7? I mean, of course, it costs so much to fix all the problems, the budget pro or the production problems. So obviously they're going to have to cut back, even though the movie's huge. It's, it's, it's breaking records. What do you think you can, they're going to do? I, I don't know. You can go intimate. You can pull back. You can pull back and, or... Well, it worked with James Bond. Out, actually. With yeah. the Skyfall. Skyfall's really, really a very intimate story, and it doesn't have the biggest set pieces in the world. You're right. It works so with that. Th yeah, either they're going to either have to go more personal, because they can't keep going bigger and bigger and bigger. It's going to start becoming too ridiculous, and people won't care anymore, because that's what happened with James Bond. Or you can have spinoffs. I think it's time for Dwayne Johnson's character, Hobbs, to have his own franchise. Hmm. Yeah, okay. You need, uh, I mean, some bunch, guy named, think... you, need, you need some guy named Calvin with them somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Calvin, Hobbs, how you doing? Here's you your new partner, Calvin. <laughs> it's a scrappy blonde-haired guy. And, and Calvin <laughs> will look at Hobbs, and he'll be like, Man, you're so enormous. It's like you were imagined. It's like you were drawn. <laughs> what year were you born? I bet it was Year of the Tiger. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Uh, so I guess that wraps <laughs> it up with the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah, we, we love them. We, want... we love them. Yes, it's, I do, great. and I can't wait to see the new one. Well, I can yeah. wait long enough to get rid of the people, so I think that was a lie. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the yeah villain... you can wait, but you're eager, yes. The villain in, wait, Lucas, what's his name? Not Lucas in the black. Uh, Josh, not Josh Lucas. <laughs> Come on. Ah, crap, I don't remember. remember. He was in the Dracula movie that stunk. Uh, yeah, but he's he's also one of these strikingly handsome guys. Um, who I thought was going man, to be the crow, and I guess they bailed on that. Anyway, what good are we? <laughs> his uh, brother comes what is, back. What is his name? I got the stuff. Oh, Luke revenge. Evans. Luke Evans. Luke Evans. I told you it was a Luke. Uh -huh. Yeah. So his, his brother... brother is the villain in the new movie. Yeah. And that's actually in, in the six. It sh he shows up at the end. He's it's Jason Statham, and he's like, "You know who I am? I'm coming back for you." Whatever. No, he's more like it. He's you know what I got. No, he's actually uh, well enunciated. People make fun of him. Sweetheart, he's so thick. Sweetheart. I say sweetheart like that to my wife, and she blushes. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. This, so he's the yeah. Jason the Statham leads us into our next franchise, the Transporter series, which I have huge problems with. You have problems with what? Like, uh, like his vehicle or his he's he's divine because anything he does with that car is like God was driving it. Yeah. From the maker of the professional and La Femme Nikita. I'm looking for a transporter. I'm listening. It was supposed to be an easy assignment. This was a favor. I don't usually do this sort of a job. I thought you were a professional driver. A different kind of driving. Frank Martin is the best in the business. But in Frank Martin's line of work... My boss said you're the man for the job. Well, unavailable. You have ten seconds to change your mind. I'll give you five seconds to remove your hand. Seventy-five thousand. Half now, half on delivery. Nothing is ever what it seems. I'm insisting using only the best man for this assignment. Don't think of this as just another job. Think of it as a mission. One condition. I drive my own car. He never made a mistake. Until today. You have two hours to get me $20 million in non-sequential $100 bills. When you pass 75 feet from the car. What kind of deal am I in? Deep trouble. We don't know who we're dealing with. We think the driver may be in on it. That's impossible. On November 26th. Why'd you try to kill me? You broke the rules. You opened the package. Now, the best in the business. He's back in the game. 
Trust me, Seatbelt. They're going to kill us! This fall. What's he know? It's more than a kidnapping. Do not step away from the vehicle. Rules are made to be broken. Jason Statham. Jason Statham, the transporter. Transporter 2. Transporter 3. Okay, I love the first one. The first one's really fast, efficient. You know, there's no wasted moments. The, uh, the fight sequences are really clever. It's the second one where I'm like, wait, what? No, is he is he a cartoon now? Is is this well, yes, because because there's a bomb under the car and he can't see it, but he just saw a reflection of it. So then he gets in the car and jumps it, uh, like in nothing minutes or nothing, yeah, nothing minutes, it's just in seconds. He jumps it and hits it with a crane, which is not the I bomb mean, I just, off. That's the move. That's that, that's, that's when I was no. like, nope. he is God, Frank. Yeah is God. Frank Martin is God. And I'm not even being sacrilegious. Just in this movie universe, they just established him as God. God slumming it in a human. Now, <laughs> as cartoonish as the second one is, the, se- the action sequences are still really good. I care yes. about the kid that he's trying to save. Has Matthew Modine, yes. who's always entertaining. Uh, yes. Louis, how do you say his name? Louis Leterrier? L- Louis, Louis Leterrier. So he directs the first two, and they're really solid. It's the third one that made me so mad, because... <laughs> it, what, what, what's that guy's name? It's really something ridiculous. It's Olivier Megaton. Uh, oh, Megaton, that's right. Olivier right, Megaton. Right, because his, he's, he named himself Megaton because uh, on the day of his birth or something, France was testing a nuke or something. Well, so. my problem is the guy couldn't edit an action sequence to save his life. Have you seen what he did to the Taken franchise? Oh, this guy is awful. I saw Columbiana, and he did Columbiana, and that was all right. And Taken franchise, I think those are okay. Yeah, but his editing but style is so he choppy. comes from he comes the, these two guys, Louis Leterrier, um, uh, Olivia Megaton, and this other guy I forget, Juro Priest or something. Hold on, wait. So yeah, the problem is the third one. What? So these, wait, 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 wait. These directors are um, from right. based on school of direction, really. So Luke Besson wrote these movies. He did the Taxi movies, which we won't get into, but those uh, are fun, uh, except for the American remake. And then, and then uh, Megaton and uh, Leterrier. Leterrier's gone on to do his own sort of thing, but for a while they were like very much like. La Femme Nikita if right. La Femme Nikita had cars in it. That's how they directed stuff. So, uh, it's it's Luke Bisson's mentorship over them that does these movies. But the third yeah, one you're it's saying... Just, it's so choppy, I couldn't tell what was going on in the action sequences. There was no smoothness, no elegance to it the way the first two were. And the story is a little bit weaker, and I, it, it felt like speed. It just, I, it felt like a half big... It felt like a script left over from something else that they modified to fit the transporter. Huh. And that's my problem. The okay. villain is good, though. Well, what, what is it, Robert Nepper from... Yeah, the villain's great. He, yeah. He's awesome. He's always awesome. Um, but uh, the the like the falling in love with that girl in particular, I think he just kind of had had it. I think he just settled. And he was just like... <sighs> I've done this for so long. Wait. I've done this for so long. It's like... I'm just tired and I need to get Oh, all right, give me a kiss. And that's it. Like, he just... So fatigued with this lifestyle and, like, not one-night stands, but I guess a one-month relationship yeah. with these ladies that he saves. And then, 
this redhead who's so annoying. Really irritating. And not a very good actor. He gets with her, and that's like the happily ever after sort of thing. Now, yeah, now the um, franchise... I can say you should... Right. Well, yeah, I mean... One. Yeah, the re- re- right, refueled... Well, is that the same character? Is, is it? I don't know. Well, guy? here's the thing: is they have the TV show going at the same time. The TV show is still like in season yeah. three or whatever, so they're gonna have the show and the movie. So are there two transporters? They're gonna meet in the movie, or are they? <laughs> they're all named. The I don't same. understand. They all have the same most name. definitely, the one with Jason Statham cost too much. Uh, critics hated it. The audiences didn't care for it. It didn't do anywhere nearly as well as the second one. So you know, it sat around for a while while they tried to figure out what to do. And I'm just not excited. This movie looks yeah. like it's very low budget, like $15 million. It just, I don't care. Well, I watched, I watched, I think, the first episode of the TV show. And, you know, movie TV shows in the early 90s. Uh, not early 90s, excuse me, early 2000s. How they look. Yeah, like cheap cynic. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah, like, like, like La Femme Nikita, the one that was on TV. Or like... Well, like it was shot in Canada and it was meant bit. for USA or, uh, yeah. you know, just syndicated television. It yeah, does yeah. not look very exciting. It's it's just it's just very flat and yeah. bland. And, uh, yeah, that's how the series is. And so this new new movie, I think it looks all right, but I'm kind of over anything Transporter. I got those three movies. I'm fine with those three movies, less of the third right. one. But um, the second one got to its most sublime ridiculousness, and it was almost perfect. The in fire that hose sense. fight, right? That's the but, one with the fire hose fight. Yeah, that's the one with the fire hose fight, and that's the one with the the god flip, uh, vehicle flip, and then um, the fight in the airplane as it's crashing. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so it's it's it took ridiculousness to its perfect levels, I think, um, and. I recommend them. I do. If you want to see hard driving. No kidding. The action sequences, the fight sequences are always great. It's just the third one, they're edited so bad you can't really tell what's going on. What? Uh, what's the next movie? It was a connection or something. It's Death, Death Race. Death Race. Death oh, Race. Okay. <clears throat> um, yeah, Jason Statham's remake of Death Race. Not. I don't want to get into the sequel. No, no, but the original with David Carradine is great. It is so outrageous, so much fun. You think it is? I love the matte paintings. It, it's, it's very, very low budget, but it's something uh, scrappy about it. The year 2000. America is a vast speedway. People line the streets to witness the greatest drivers on earth in a race from sea to shining sea. This is a death race. You finish first, or not at all. Death race 2000. Every car a deadly weapon. Every spectator a potential point. It's a cross-country road wreck. And the traffic is murder. Who are you, anyway? Best driver on earth. I don't want you to die. He was built by the world's finest surgeons to drive the fastest car ever designed. And nothing can stop him now. Death Race 2000. Rated R. It's such a dorky movie. It's so dumb. It's a satire, but their satire kind of misses the mark a lot of times. Right, but I don't, you, you I, don't like it? I, I do and I don't. I, I mean, it's a Corman piece of turd, but it's got a lot of fun to it and ridiculousness to it. It's all cartoony. Oh, 100% yeah, yeah. 100% cartoony. Well, it's high camp. It's Paul Bartel treated it. You know, I, I think, I think, I think the right you're, word. you've got it right. You've got the word right. Camp. Camp is not used appropriately. Uh, I think people just say things are campy when they're actually just dated. Yeah, but this or, movie is, yeah. is really campy. It really is. Uh, I mean... Machine Gun Joe has uh, 
a big knife on his gun uh, on his car and two <laughs> two Tommy guns uh, on his car. It just has like decorations and a uh, Stallone. Stallone playing Machine Gun Joe. Yeah, Stallone. Yeah, I should have mentioned. Yeah, and then Frankenstein, which is the same character archetype as uh, the Jason Statham version. But um, you know, I think it's weird is that David Carradine quit Kung Fu, a very successful TV show. He just got sick of playing it. He, so after the fourth season, he's like, no, I'm done. And he just took the first offer that came to his plate, and that was Death Race. It was a huge hit. <laughs> and there was a sequel, in a way, to Death Race, which was... Death Sport. Death Sport. And that's and that's the one where it's like medieval future. Everybody's yeah, in Yeah, and the crystal swords that crack constantly. Stupid. But... Death Race is, is actually quite quite better than that. Death Race 2000. Now, uh, Paul Paul W.S. Anderson decided that he was going to remake it, and I think that he did a fantastic job. Seriously? Hate, I was bored out of my mind. People hate his work so much, but he, they don't remember that he did uh, Event Horizon, Soldier, and... A, a couple of Resident Evils that are okay, or huh. one one was okay, but yeah. But I really think maybe you should stop watching movies when you're tired, because <laughs> Death Race, the first one, is pretty dang good. It really is. Gentlemen, start your your weapon. Outside. The drivers are convicts, and the rules are simple. There are no rules. That's entertainment. Bar me? You can shoot me, but you can't kill me! <laughs> On August 22nd. So you're up for this? Drive to survive. Good show, huh? Death Race. Rated R. Starts August 22nd. I don't know, it's, it's man. Not, I just, it's I, not I, as I, sincere. I, thought... I, I think we don't have enough time with it as we do with the Fast and Furious franchise to fall in love with the characters. Right. But... Well, you know what's funny about the movie is I've always been annoyed by futuristic movies that like, have this outlandish idea. Then you look, it's like, wait, that's like two years from now. What? That's like, always the problem. Virtuosity was ridiculous. Like, no, you can't create that in four years. There's no way. Yeah. Uh, Demolition Man. It's like, no, it, this is like two years from now. How are you able to freeze people? Come on. And that's why it's Death Race, like four years you from remember, now. Entire... You remember that Crime Town Fighters song that I have? It is the year 2007, the future. <laughs> you know, and I did that like two years ago, which is well beyond 2007. The point right, is, right, right. It, Hollywood likes to uh, do uh, projections of what the future might be like, but they always shoot too soon. <laughs> they have yeah, to. Ridiculous. They have to crane the cannon back super far and shoot way way far away and they never do it they uh, never so do you, it. you know what you're a fan of death race Go i ahead do and like the death race remake. <clears throat> well paul anderson doesn't have paul ws anderson doesn't have a lot of clout when it comes to character development and motivation in his movies he just kind of puts things down and they're action figures this he does have character uh, motivation and um then he gets to play with them like action figures. He has character development. And then he gets to play with them like action figures. And all the car race scenes, I think uh, the camera work, basically. Camera work and the action setups. The surrounding storyline for those payoff moments, I think works adequately, if not pretty well. Have you seen the sequels at all? I have seen, I do believe, both of them, and they're forgettable. Eh. 
And All right, yeah. so, yeah, besides Death Race, we have another connection to the Fast and Furious franchise is Faster with Dwayne Johnson. Yes, Dwayne Johnson. Breaking news, a gunman entered a downtown... What do we got? We got our shooter. He got popped for a bank job 10 years ago. After the bank job, they got ambushed by another crew. Somebody set him up and then killed his brother. This guy refused to die. And now he's going after every one of them. Got a new client for you. I know you like a challenge. Guns blazing, ass kicking cops. Let's go with the flow, baby. He's fast as you. And he's faster. Everything okay, baby? Just catching up with that old acquaintance. God can't save you from me. No fear, no hesitation, nothing. Put the gun down, because if you finish this when you're dead, you do what you need to do. That's a long, dark road you're headed down. Faster. I did see this when it came out. Um, I did miss the opportunity to watch it again before this episode. What I do remember, though, is that I think they sold it wrong. Yes, it does have a car in it. Yes, there's a little bit of chasing, but it's not really uh, a high-octane kind of movie. It's more of a right Atlanta movie. It's, it's, it feels like something it, that Charles Bronson would have made 20 years earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. But um, they do... The reason why it's on this list with the car is they do love the car with the camera. They just... They adore his car. It's a Charger, I think, or something. Um, but the camera, when they reveal it, it's just this over-top shot. And you see how perfectly pre- uh, preserved <laughs> this car is. And he's got this little note, you're welcome for the car or whatever. And he gets in it, and they don't showcase it for a while. But when they do showcase it in those scenes... There's a scene, actually a flashback scene, in which he does this whole chase scene backwards. It's not the same car, but it is an American muscle car. Um, and he does this whole chase scene backwards. Now that is a good driving scene. It's not the best, but it's pretty original and good. What do we do? What do we do in this movie? We need a chase scene. They need to get away from the cops. They get away from the cops. What do we do to spice it up? Have them drive backwards. <laughs> until it, until that last minute where he flipped to not Yeah, I, I forgot most around. of the movie. I just remember him standing over. Uh, how do you say his name? Uh, Keeb, uh, jo- you know the one from uh, Mummy and GI Joe. Yeah, begging him uh, for forgiveness and un- stuff like that. Un- now, okay, yeah. what the story is is the Rock and his brother did this big crime, stole a bunch of money, got away, and then. They got robbed, and his brother got his throat slit right in front of him. And it's pretty sad in that sense, but they're all criminals. So he goes to prison for uh, whatever. He gets shot in the head, actually. They shoot oh, him. Oh, yeah, that's he, right. He has, he has a metal plate in his head. So they shoot him, and he comes back from the dead. But he, since he was a criminal, he's, he was put in prison for 10 years. 10 years later, he gets out. He's got this list of all the people that came after him um, and robbed him and tried to kill him. And he's this ghost. Uh, he gets his revenge, but what's deeper and better about the movie is about letting things go. And forgiveness. And working beyond your horrible, horrible past. Which the Andwale character does successfully. And that is, I think, I think the anchor of the film as far as the theme goes. Forgiveness. His scene... 
Yeah, forgiveness. Not just forgiveness, but getting better. Being yes. a better person and human. And he is evidence of that. Which is why, and I'm not going to give it away, which is why that scene plays out exactly the way it does. Because The Rock realizes what he said. He realizes right, So while we're on so. dramas, there's a couple of dramas yeah. that... Uh, one that I discovered that I don't think anybody really knows about, and one that people really have been talking about lately for the last few years, they're darker in tone, a little more uh, almost noir, yeah. but they're very focused around cars. And uh, the one that everybody's talking about, of course, in relaunch, what do you call that style of music, that pounding electronica? Uh, oh, it's a retro wave. Retro wave? Uh, yeah. Drive. Re- or Gossi. retro new wave, but yes, drive. Um. They sold it I wrong. I love Drive. They sold I it wrong by making so it look like a Fast and the Furious movie, and I think a lot of people were pissed. I was I, elated. No. One lady was pissed. At least one lady. She she got really, really mad. I think she tried to sue them. Ah. She went to the theater expecting a Fast and Furious type of movie. And when I watched the trailer, I didn't expect that kind of movie. I didn't, no, but, I didn't yeah, expect I know, but a Fast and Furious movie. But she did, and... She got really, really mad and tried to sue them. And they're like, you idiot. No. No. Um, <laughs> what I do but, remember about the movie is seeing it on uh, a really packed night. I didn't expect it. It was a $5 Tuesday. For some reason, I just expected in its third week that no one would be there. I was wrong. Right, uh, because people, word of mouth, helped this movie really well, too. Right. It, it held up for a while. Because it opened okay, but it hung around for a lot longer than people expected. But I had a dude next to me. Uh, five minutes to go in the movie. You know it's the end. You can just tell it's the end. And, uh, oh, his phone goes off. He decides to answer and have a conversation. Uh, I look at him and go, are you kidding me? And he goes, uh, uh, oh, uh, sorry, I got to go. <laughs> like, how can then you go? Know? Then answer it later. Then just go. Get out. And he, and he missed the end of the movie, and I'm just like, ah, that serves you right. Yep. Uh, well, I so, like Drive. I like Drive a whole lot, and I like Nicholas Winding blah, blah. Nicholas Winding Refn, I like his movies a lot, and I like Drive so much, but I don't know how these two movies are connected. King of the Mountain, tell me. King of the Mountain, did you watch it? I did. You don't see it? Nope. He's a mean night driver on a highway to hell, and he's driving the cars insane. At any cost, he's going to be king of the mountain. Well, A, uh, I think it's, it brings about the style of, you know, the early 80s, a darker tone. It was it was a street racing movie, so yeah. it has, like, the roots of early Fast and Furious. Um, but it's darker in tone, somber. It yeah. has a lot of uh, that that the beady, that beating music, it, you know. Mm-hmm. And something about it just reminded me. I felt like it was a guy who was kind of lost, who didn't have anywhere to go. Uh, Dennis Hopper is his mentor slash repairman who and rival his car he's his rival too what's that he's the rival right but i felt i felt a little bit of the brian cranston ryan gosling combo there when i was watching the two yes it's not a crime movie it is solely a uh, a character piece but it has the character who's trying to race up the mountain and he's kind of underground racing he's wanted by the law yeah i don't know i just felt kind of like a feel Wait, of that i didn't but, pick up that he was wanted by the law Except for the yeah, racing. in the very beginning of the movie, he gets busted for racing, and he takes off or whatever, and you know they're still looking for him, but he still wants to race this race up this mountain, this dangerous trek. Yeah. But he knows that if he's ever really seen in this car, and he, especially if he's caught racing, he'll go to jail. 
Okay. So I mean, it was a little bit. That's that's what you mean. Okay. Yes, I get it. I get what you mean now. Right. Plus, it was just a very early 80s. It was a lot darker. It's Harry Hamlin right after Clash of the Titans. It's 1981. And, uh, Universal ha- It was yeah, re- released Universal in 81, Studios yeah. Universal Studios had a lot of hope on this movie, and it bombed horribly. Uh, I can understand and, why it bombed. It wasn't It wasn't fun. It was a character mm-hmm. piece, like you said. It's got a lot of character, but it's also got a lot of really bad 80s music. And it's stuff that you'll never have heard. Remember, they, they like waste... Ten minutes on a, a recording session in the movie. That you know what I that sub story is. I didn't really care for that at all. I don't even know why it's even there. They could have made the movie a lot tighter if they just dumped that. I concur. And, and, and it wouldn't. And it wouldn't even change the lead. It would have changed nothing about the lead character except the fact that his girlfriend was a singer, which you could have just like oh done five minutes on. That's it. Yep. I mean, you uh, you could have the sleazy producer, which which is fine. Um, you could have that little sub story about like that kind of tension and. I was trying to take advantage of people, but right. The one thing I love about King of the Mountain, uh, I, I must say this: it is not on DVD. It was on VHS for a very short period of time. I don't know why Universal is embarrassed by this movie. You can find it on YouTube, yep. complete. It's, and it's actually a decent cut. It it's, might the be thing, a decent cut. It's just really murky looking. Right. Well, VHS transfers, but I mean, right. it's not a washed out, wore out. Right. Know. Right. I watched uh, it. That's how that, I watched it. YouTube. The thing that I loved about the character is the fact that. He is so driven by the fact that he must get up that that do that race. He has to do that race. Driven. No what? Even after his friend, it doesn't it doesn't go well for a friend. Let's just say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Driven though. And he's, he's he's so driven. Is he? Oh, I didn't mean that as a pun. Okay. Okay. Um, no, but I mean he's so bound and determined to do this horribly deadly race, and it's just funny how things work out in people's brains. Well, but some people can't, can't give it up. Some can. What I like. It's an obsession. What I do like about it is that. When he's driving with her, he's pointing out all these these road and turns and stuff. And he's like, up there is Dead Man's Curve, which is a real place. It's all, it's all real. Right. And Jan and Dean, I think Jan from the band Jan and Dean, or maybe it was Dean, uh, wrecked, actually, on Dead Man's Curve after they released the song Dead Man's Curve. It's ridiculous, I know. <sighs> he didn't die, though, uh, but he so was but- in a coma for a while. Still. Now, we won't really discuss this, but there is another movie that's connected to Drive, is Driver. Walter Hill's Driver. Okay. With, uh, I can understand what's, what's that a bit more, uh, Ryan O'Neill. Yeah. I can understand that more. Sequence, but the opening sequence of Driver is almost the exact same. Yeah. But but, but Drive is a better movie than both put together. When, when you said to me that King of the Mountain was like Drive, or, or like he had to have watched King of the Mountain when he, before he did Drive, uh, Nicholas... Uh, I then watched it scrutinizing like that, and it, until you explained it, I, I could not, for the life of me, figure it out, the connection, <laughs> what you saw. But you just explained it. I'm glad you explained it now instead of before, um, so everybody could listen. Uh, but, but, and I would totally watch it again. Seriously, I really enjoyed the movie, except, like I said, the music, the music part is like parts. unnecessary. Yeah. But I, well, I, I adore Drive, which is absolutely nothing like this movie that I saw so many years ago and eventually on YouTube last month and then it's got taken down. Um, it's Convoy. Based on the song Convoy. Oh, you know why it got taken down is because Kino is finally releasing a proper Blu-ray. It's only ever been full screen, which is hideous. Well, Even that one was widescreen. The one I was watching was widescreen, was yes, but it had that stupid halo on the on the front of it that they've oh, been doing. I, hate that. I think they've been doing that to get away with uh, no, this is a different version. This version has this big, weird halo shine that we put on. 
just so that dumb, we could upload dumb. it that way. But um, Sam Peckinpah was a drunk bastard during this entire movie. And he got uh, yeah. And they said this is this is when he sold out because he made a movie about a song. But um, I look at a lot of Sam Peckinpah's stuff, and I sound like a philistine. <laughs> but this is his most. It's not his best movie, but it's his most enjoyable. Movie. I I, I will agree with you. I will agree with you. I saw it as a kid, so the thing stuck with me. I don't remember at what year, what age, seven, eight, maybe. Uh, but I saw it as right. a kid, and I remember it like being tomboy. The song and everything, but um, I don't understand why they think it's a sellout because the concept of the movie, the plot of the movie, is really strong in community getting together and fighting against corruption and supporting this kind of—I don't even want to say anti-hero, just a rebellious kind of guy yeah. who goes up against Ernest Borgnine, who's just completely corrupt. It's a, a horrible man. Is, Ernest Borgnine plays a corrupt sheriff or a corrupt state trooper, is it maybe? And he just right. hassles all these truckers. He hates truckers and he hassles them. Which seems to have been a full theme and possibly something that's true, especially in the smaller towns where these trucks would come through. My dad was telling me... Yeah, in, especially if you were an independent. My dad was telling me that there's a small town near where he grew up. He grew up in Savannah, but there was a small town nearby that had only one stop stoplight. And uh-huh. on either end of the, uh, the town were posted speed limits but between that there weren't and there was a speed trap set up by the only cop in town and he would always get he would always get somebody who didn't know so i mean this theme of corrupt cop especially you know the big hat corrupt cop smoking and the bandit sort of thing that that's a real seemingly a real thing that we've always had to deal with um and these truckers do and it's a very fun film and yeah, it's exciting, and I love the cat, the supporting cast. Franklin Ajay, who was a stand-up comedian at the time, he's very good in this. He's good in Car Wash, and uh, who who was it? Uh, he's from Rocky. He played Pigpen. Um, oh right, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I forget his what's name. What's his name? He's from. His... I I feel terrible. Uh, Bert. I wouldn't know his name, but he's he's the uh, all right. He's the I, towel I like man. He's the towel man in Rocky. He's the coach. Right, uh, but no, I think the whole cast is really strong, and uh, Chris Christopherson as Rubber Ducky. Rubber Ducky uh, yep. is absolutely top notch. Yeah, it's a pretty fun film if you can find it, um, and and it doesn't play for the silly goofiness of of even though there's humor all over it, it does not play for the goofiness of Smoking the Bandit or the can no, no, or even the extreme goofiness of Cannonball Run sort of thing. Uh, even though it's of that era, it it has natural humor. Yes, it's it's all organic. And James Coburn directed a lot of that movie because did he? Yeah, now? yeah. He's best buds with the uh, old alcoholic there, um, Sam Peckinpah. So Sam Peckinpah <laughs> held up in his trailer for a lot of the movie, and James Coburn wow. directed a lot. So I think James Coburn was... Why did they just give him? Because well, his contract contracted... And he, he died Duh. after this movie. Like He made another movie after this, and then he died. Yeah, oh, Osterman Weekend, which is a huge letdown. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, Convoy, coming out on Blu-ray real soon. Check it out. It should be a really that's, good print. Kino cool. treats their stuff very well. That's cool. I'm I'm interested at least watching a print of the, the cleaned up. Hopefully they have some image. special features. I want to see a commentary with uh, Christopherson and maybe um, Ali McGraw. Yeah. So, um, Convoy is a big vehicle uh, movie. Big vehicles, meaning 18-wheelers, uh, eight, you know. 
um, crashing through stuff. Now, this next movie, which I only recently saw, I saw it last year, um, early last year, and I loved it, and I never realized why I never saw it. It's Tank. Sergeant Major Zach Carey was not your everyday commuter. You're the only one in the U.S. Army who owns his own fully operational Sherman tank, for one thing. The Army was his career. What sort of father is your dad? Cross between George Patton and Danny Thomas. But peace was his profession until he got on the bad side of a sheriff who didn't have a good side. Somebody marked up your face when you was on duty. And who was it who marked you up when you was out representing me? William Carey. Yes, sir. Does your lock up? Yes, sir. It's been enough to get that little boy years, at least two years on the county farm, maybe three. I didn't do anything. Somebody else's lock was on my lockers. I know. The sheriff is using you to get to me. We are getting a lawyer. Now they've got his son. Not any more lawyer, boys. That kid's going to be shot trying to escape. And they've got the odds, but he's got the tank. Can I go with you? I can't stay here no more. Jump on. Come out of that tank, I'll burn you out. Today in Clementsville, Sergeant Major Zach Carey broke his son William out of the Clements County Correctional Facility using a World War II Sherman tank. The sergeant and his crew are rapidly becoming folk heroes. We're not running away from the law, we're running to the law. No, we're gonna win. They're gonna lose, General. Zach Carey won't tread lightly on the men who took his son Tank. Oh, Tank. I love- Another one of those corruption fighting the man kind of movies. Yeah, and, uh, so. And actually, I will say Tank is, he's a sergeant tank is or lower captain? budget. Is he a sergeant or a captain? What? I forget. Um. I think he's a sergeant. James Garner is is a military man, and he owns his own World War II Sherman tank. And the base lets him drive it around, and they keep it up for him. And then uh, he comes to the aid of a lady who's being hassled by a police officer or a sheriff in a bar. James Cromwell in a very early role. Yeah. He's super lanky there and really beady-eyed. He's just a deputy. <laughs> and... Uh, he gets on the bad side of the law because of that. You hassle one of my men, you hassle me, says the sheriff. Sort of. Huh. And then the sheriff just sends out this vendetta against him. Let's 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 uh, get him where it hurts. So he goes after his family, his son, and he sets him up on trumped up uh, marijuana charges. And he gets his son out of jail. Breaks his son. Not just a jail, but a prison camp yeah. is where he's going to go. And they, they beat his butt. It'd and they, it's bad. it's 80s, so in, the, in 1984, where we would now just have implied hardships, uh, cutaways, just like, you know, Maxim does implied nudity, uh, you would have probably implied hardships with the family and the kid and whatever. Here, see Thomas Howell thoroughly gets whooped, um, and it's rated PG, but it's... It's got its ample amount of brutality because back in 1984, right. they thought that we children could handle this stuff. No, they were wrong. Well, I think they were right. I mean, Indiana Jones pulled out a heart. Not him, but the movie. No, no, no. They were wrong to not have a PG-13. All right. Yeah, so yeah. so uh, this movie is just so good. Well, uh, they, see it, Thomas Howell is not very good. Yeah, he's just... Okay, if if you think of it as not very good, or is he just really actually acting like a kid? 
Well, okay, is he playing younger than he really is? Because Maybe. he plays it as if he's in a 60s TV drama. <laughs> oh, Dad. Oh, shucks. <laughs> oh, I'm going to fight for my pop. Uh... I, 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 there's a, there are a couple of scenes like that, but there is a couple of scenes where he's actually got some good emotion towards his dad, like, like we gotta stop the truck, yeah, the the tank, and and give up, and they're gonna kill us, and all these dire straits moments are good. Right. You know who's really good? Who I can't believe did not have a career after this is Jenny Lee Harrison. She's really good as the girl. Yeah. They, uh, okay. Girl. He, he, no, she's a girl. Uh, she is the female lead, and they. He has a wife, but he's the. She's the lady that he comes to the aid of, and she's not necessarily even a damsel. She's, she's. He didn't know that she wasn't a damsel. He's just being uh, my dad. You know, you don't do that to people. <laughs> That's my dad. You don't do that to people, and you stand up against the ones that do. And so. Uh, it's not quite a damsel in distress situation because she's like, let me go with you. I can help you. Yeah, she's she actually tougher than you expect. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's super pretty, and so they play against that trope. She's super pretty and, you know, tube top-ish. Maybe not wearing tube tops, but that kind of lady back in the 80s. Right. Um, all of her clothes fit very tightly, I suppose. Very well. <laughs> but they're very form-fitting clothes. But, and that's the reason why she was hit on and that way uh, ladies dress that way they deserve it say those creeps um, I'm not one of them I just have to let you guys know I'm a, I'm a stand up guy um, not a stand up comedian though I suck at you comedy. totally went aquabats with that, that pose right there <laughs> well hey I've seen the aquabats uh, I've studied so what's next them after tank uh, Tank, well, 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 wait, wait, wait. The end of Tank is really great. It has, you said, the community thing uh, about yes. about convoy. It has even more than that, and they, it's just great. Everybody rallies around. I'm just saying, everybody in a general sense rallies around and urges Tank on to get to the safety point so that they can actually prosecute the the corrupt sheriff. And it's really inspiring and it's great it's super great so there's that next the wraith an evil force took his life an unearthly power has brought him back he is a phantom a wraith a cosmic spirit given another chance uh are you new in town yeah who's the kid i turned my back and the next second he was there like magic, almost. There's a kid out there using his car to kill people. Not that it's such a big deal, since it seems to be your gang he's got it in for. A wraith, man! A ghost! An evil spirit, and it ain't cool! What are you doing? Packard, stop Get him. in the car! What are you doing, man? You Get out of my go. face, Burger Boy. You wind up dead like your brother. Who is that guy? I don't know, but whoever he was, he's weird and ticked off. I see his eyes, Loomis! Who are you? If you've done nothing wrong, you've got nothing to fear. The Wraith. Okay. Uh, normally, we would put this in with thrillers, but yeah. it's not scary. It's, it's almost a superhero vigilante yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's the crow. With lots of metal. It's the crow with a car. It, it's Trick or Treat. If you put Trick or Treat and The Wraith together, perfect double feature. They're, neither one is scary, but both are like, yeah, rock and roll. Let's play some Dio. 
<laughs> how, wait, how is the Wraith metal? Do you know what movie I'm talking about? Char- they played a lot of metal Charlie movie. Sheen, Sherilyn Fenn. Oh, right, right, right. I own that movie. I like Sherilyn Fenn. She's she's awfully adorable, isn't she? She's great. In Twin Peaks, Nick Cassavetes but, is one of the sleaziest villains. Holy what a jerk! Smokes. I okay, I just don't know how. He doesn't recognize him at all. I know, I know. Uh, well, doesn't his appearance change? Yeah, his appearance changes, but I don't know. It's just, there's this, and they, then she's, okay, so he gets killed. Well, it's it's this hard guy, to describe the movie without giving away yeah, the secret. okay, this guy gets killed, and his girlfriend witnesses it. In fact, she's in the same room as it's happening. He gets killed by some road pirates, which are some uh, delinquents, wayward teens that are no longer teen, I assume. Um led by Nick Cassavetes and the, the uh, Clint Howard is the eraser head looking oh, guy. Oh, amazing wig on Clint Howard. Holy smokes, that it's thing is really like a big. He looks like head. it's eraser head. He's he's got the eraser head <laughs> haircut. Um, and they just go around racing guys for their pink slips and if those guys win they they cheat and all that stuff and they take their pink slips and their cards from them regardless. So they're road pirates. Um, they kill this this one guy and then mysteriously one day this other guy shows up, Charlie Sheen. And then also mysteriously throughout, you know, various other moments with the bad guys, this other guy with the uh, badass you know, car and a cool ra- helmet. Yeah, cool helmet, racing gear. He's all dressed in black, but he's got these light tubes down his arms and stuff. So it's almost Tron-like, but he shows yeah. up with a big old shotgun and the, a badass car, which is not um, American muscle. It's science fiction car. And no, totally. It's totally... I don't know what that is. It must be a kit car or something. No, of it is a, it's a kit car. It's designed. Okay. They, they made a bunch of them, you know, a few of them to explode, <laughs> which they thoroughly do. A lot do. of explosions in this movie. Man, everybody meets some sort of disastrous explosion, it seems. Now, this movie was rated PG-13 when it came out, and it was missing a scene, which was in a hot springs, kind of like a natural jacuzzi between... Uh, Charlie Sheen and Sherilyn Finn in which she gets her kit off her boobies come out and that was cut out of the movie until they re-released it on DVD and I think the TV cuts on cable had that scene in it. Yeah, cause, yeah I had seen it on cable and I had seen that I was like whoa wait I don't remember this on the VHS. Right what? it's not in the v- you're right it's not in the VHS so there's that scene so that may- would have made it a rated R movie uh, but they still kept it rated PG-13 on TV. It's not a brilliant movie. It's not even a big budget movie. It's from a small fledging company, I think New Century. They only did like a handful of movies before they went bust. Uh, I really like The Wraith. And I was really sad to find out why Mike Marvin hadn't directed a movie in so long. Hmm. is because someone was killed on the set of The Wraith. Well, uh, and basically, he was blackballed because they said it was his fault. I might have read that, but I don't remember. Huh. Well, he talks about it in the commentary track. Oh, wow. Yeah, I do enjoy the Wraith. Um, it's silly. It's uh, oh, it's, where is it set? Arizona or something? I don't know. Uh, definitely the desert, though. It's very over the top. Desert, especially sound. with Clint Howard's character. He is bonkers. It, yeah, that makes it that much more enjoyable. Right. So uh, I have. Rec- or how about what was that guy with the? He was sniffing the glue outside. Hey, right, right. His friend who's got the, the. Is it a mohawk or? something well there's two of them there's the one that looks like he's all talking like, i don't understand and then there's the one with the mohawk and he's a oh, lateral man yeah 
The, the, the bad guys, the bad guys are, are, are caricatures of punks. It's they would be yeah, caricatures of punks basically. It's almost like a canon films approach to what punk or yeah, <laughs> punkers yeah, were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it's um, close. That's totally a comic book. It's I would I would suggest it if you are into kind of revenge films like The Crow is. It's basically the same yeah. thing as The Crow, honestly. Yeah, it's really close. It seems like James O'Barr said, I really like, I really, really like The Wraith, but it's not goth. And but I, I don't really, more I don't really need, content. yeah, I don't really need the cars. So I think he just took that skeleton of The Wraith and turned it into The Crow. So so is that is that the end of our serious car movies? Are we now into the silly two? Yeah, this is the last two, and this is silly two, and I want to ask you a question about this next one. What? Do you like this next one simply based on nostalgia because you saw it at an early age? No, I saw it uh, five years ago. For the first time? Yeah, I love it. I just watched it again. I've seen it like three times. It's really, really long. I'll give you that. <laughs> it's just, long. I just watched it. And I think it's a contest between that and Mad, 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 Mad World to see which one was longer. And at least uh, here's the reason why I love Great Race. Great Race is a movie from Blake Edwards. He did it immediately after the Pink Panther movies. Uh, Jack Lemmon, Tony Curtis reunited with Natalie Wood and Peter Falk for a race across the world. So you can get there first. And it's set in like the roaring 20s. or No, it's earlier than that, isn't it? It's uh, the suffragette movement. Tony Curtis is brave, of course, but he's never been as brave as this before. Jack Lemmon, funny? <laughs> Naturally. But never so fantastically funny as this. Men chasing Natalie Wood? Not surprising, but never so frantically before. No one has ever been as great as they are in the world's greatest comedy, The Great Race. It's the greatest. It's the gayest. It's the wildest. It's the funniest. And how could it help but be with Jack Lemon as Professor Fate? The meanest villain that ever twirled a mustache. Tony Curtis as the great Leslie, gallant lover and heroic daredevil. Natalie Wood as Maggie Dubois, loveliest of lovely damsels in distress. Peter Falk, Keenan Wynn, Larry Storch, Dorothy Provine. It's the fabulous around-the-world race from New York to Paris. A rambunctious, rib-busting riot of a race. Its high points only outrun by the hilarity of what happens in between heats. They'll lead you a merry chase, on land, under the sea, and in the air. You'll never stop laughing once you've started the great race. So basically it's these two guys and they're goofy vehicles racing across the world. The reason I love it, not just because I love Jack Lemmon, I adore pretty much anything he did. Okay. Uh, it is a Looney Tunes cartoon, but in live action. It the is actually work is amazing. The action sequences are off the wall, and the gags are I think are really it's funny. It's actually the inspiration for Wacky Races. It is, is it now? Yes, it is. And I think uh, a couple of uh, like those um, Magnificent Men and Their Flying Machines was a much more successful film that came out just before this, and it's the same right. same concept, but that's with planes. Now, character types like Terry Thomas. Hello, I'm Terry Thomas. Yes. I have a gap in my teeth and a mustache. Yeah, that's Terry Thomas. He is, I think, better as dastardly than Jack Lemmon is. 
as far as the template well, yeah. goes. Well, Jack Lemmon's the big name, though. So yeah, yeah. I actually enjoyed Peter Falk a little bit more oh, than Jack right. Lemmon. Just Peter Falk was surprised was, by Peter Falk. Well, here's what you have with it. You have Jack Lemmon playing a clown, playing a villain clown, twirling mustache, the vaudeville version. And then you have really subtle, extremely subtle, is Peter Falk. So it's it's actually kind of a perfect foil to Peter Falk's, and he's just a sidekick to to, to right. uh, Jack Lemmon's uh, villain. Peter Falk is a villain, but he's he's kind of a well-meaning villain, and he's it's just he downplays it against the big broad Jack Lemmon. Now I can tell you, I didn't really enjoy this movie. Why? Um, it's overlong. The, the whole well, it's it's insanely long. The it, whole it scene. The, well, it has a prologue, a musical int- prologue, then it has a musical intermission, and that's the thing for the theaters back then, I suppose. But um, it has a lot of these set pieces, like the whole introduction of them being um, rivals, did not need to keep going at the beginning. And then the uh, what's it called? The thing with the prince. And the mistaken identities, or, or not the mistaken identities. Oh, right, right. Identities. That, 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 that might have been unnecessary, That was too. so long, and I don't really get, except for getting to the pie fight, why it was there. You know, it might have been part of the, the whole 60s trend. You know, Mad, 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 Red World set the trend for really huge, epic casts and events and stunts and special effects and, you know, really long, honking movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for the most part, they had a lot of plot to fill. I will say yes, the, it's overlong. The plot doesn't really fill that amount of time, but I still, I just, I highly enjoy this movie, and it, it's just, it's so beautiful to look at. Blake Edwards really filmed it very well. He set up great design work and just beautiful scenery. Now, you know, a lot of it's set based. Yeah, Tony Curtis. Oh, okay, okay. Another scene that I would cut, would have cut short, was the iceberg scene. I would have just trimmed it. This whole movie could have used Tom Shadyac. <laughs> Tom Shady Hack yeah. is what they call him because <laughs> all he does is cut things out of his movies until he thinks they're perfect. Uh, I don't think Tom Shadyac's a great or terrible director, but he's got a good idea. Excise, 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 and this movie should have had a lot of that going on. You could you could probably make a really enjoyable uh, one hour and thirty minute movie, ninety minute movie out of this really enjoyable but instead you have this super super long movie that i just trudged through except well, speaking of hour and a half movie that we really enjoyed uh, let's wrap it up with the last movie uh, license license to drive. to drive i'm les anderson i've been grounded for about 30 years it's all because of my driver's test you failed and her i thought that we had a date tonight and him what could possibly go wrong? And that night. License to drive. I think I'm gonna throw up. Rated PG-13. Yes. Get out of my dreams and into my car. License I to drive. I still get kind of sad and depressed when I think about Corey Haim. Oh, I don't. <laughs> I, well, I, well, mean, I he mean, tried to fix himself. Yeah, he tried, he tried so to fix hard. himself and all that stuff. I'm, that's, 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 that doesn't influence my appreciation of this movie because this is a movie that's steeped in nostalgia for me. I saw it yeah, back. It's very, I saw very, it, it, it reeks of the 80s, that's for sure. I saw it back then in late 80s. I saw it back then. It's, I think, the, the second movie of the Corys. It's actually the first official Corys movie, I think. 
Um, right, because Lost Boys, they just happened to be in together. Yeah. They didn't really like And they were like, hey, they're both Corey, and they got along together in those scenes. That's cool. Let's make a big movie with them. Um, which which is, they made a ton of movies together. It was kind of ridiculous. Uh, Dream a Little Dream, yeah. Blown Away, uh, Dream a Little Dream 2, which is really <laughs> not even connected. Uh, National Lampoon's Last Resort, Busted. I think there's a couple others. They made a lot. Now, uh, trivia, speaking about the Corys. Long time ago, when I had uh, Jemetsko.com as its own simple domain, now right now I'm using it through Tumblr, so it says Jemetsko.com, but it's working with Tumblr. Before, when my site was hosted on its own, um, if you went to a page uh, that wasn't there, a 404 message would show up, and it was uh, a thing I did of both Corys, and it says, the Corys say, be cool, man. <laughs> What is that from? It's not. <laughs> I just had a, oh, okay. I just had a, a picture that I photoshopped of them, like arm, arm, like you know, uh, like a high school photo pose. You know, uh, kind of like how I about license. What I did with License to Drive was um, actually I read the book first. It was at what? the library, and I didn't, I didn't really know there was the a book that often. Yeah, they did an. Uh, I used that was a thing I used to do. I would read the book before I saw the movie. Like I read Indiana Jones: The Last Crusade before I saw the movie. I um, I did that with Fight Club, but I mean that's a book. Well, it's not yeah. an adaptation. But this was this was an adaptation, of course. Uh, and I read the book, and there was one scene that is is so amazing in the book, but wasn't in the movie. Is the one where he's at the Mexican bar or something like that, and they want him to drink the tequila and swallow the worm. And when you read that, it was insane to an 11-year-old. And, and I saw the movie. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa hold on. Where is this? <laughs> and, of course, you find, it, you find it on the DVD as one of the deleted scenes. Uh, but, it, yeah, okay, I, I they did this it. a lot. Actually, you're right about adaptations. I had Bogus Journey, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, and they had this much longer scene where they're falling. Like, that scene goes on for, like, five pages. And <laughs> it's really funny in the book. They do all sorts of different stuff. They have bigger conversations. They they joke around. They do all stuff before they hit the bottom of the the, the pit. Uh, and that in the movie is just like thirty seconds to a minute, maybe. No. Or it would have been much longer. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So well, so but license to drive. Um, the basic concept is Kid Corey Haim. He has to get his license because that's independence. Yes, plus he gets Alice out on a date. But here's the thing, is that he fails the test by one question, right? I think but so. But through some sort of loophole, there's he, this confusion, like they think he got his license because he passed, because of no, foul-up. You know, what, he, he plays it off like, yeah, I got my license right here. And he's just got a piece of paper, and they don't look at it and all that stuff. And... Oh, that's right. And they find the back of his pocket, and he's ready to go out on this date. And they say, whoa, 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 you lied to us. There's no way. And Richard Mazur and Cor- uh, Carol Kane are fantastic. I well. love Carol Kane. She's insane and perfect in just about everything she's ever done. It's awesome. The, the new show on, on Netflix, she's in there. Kimmy Schmidt, the unbreakable oh, really? Kimmy Schmidt. She's the landlord lady, and she's perfect there, too. It's amazing. Carol Kane is perfect. Uh, so they ground him, uh, and they say he can't drive, and he has a super hot date with Heather Graham, first movie ever, and he must go out on this date. He's somehow, been, ha- he's been having Feldman fever is- dreams about it, and Corey Feldman and their other buddy are like, come on, just take, the- take your grandfather's car, come on, 
We'll get just take it. They'll never know. And then And it turns into a complete nightmare because she gets wasted, the car gets damaged, he's gotta get home before his parents find out. And his mom's pregnant and has to go to the hospital to give birth to a baby and then We'll yeah. drive home backwards! Or he drives the hospital backwards, the car's completely broken down by that point. There's a lot of really funny gags. The movie is very short, but also moves very, very fast. There's not a waste of It's incredibly in efficient. And this is the movie where my wife and I were watching it, and we realized that Corey Haim doesn't close his mouth. Never closes his mouth. He does it on purpose. He does that kind of thing where he's like posed. He's slack for enough photos, I think. He has like, a slack jaw thing, and we're like, close your mouth, Corey. And like every scene he shows up in, close your mouth, Corey. Yes, you're doing it right there. Yeah, close your mouth, Corey. Close it. Okay, so close I, your mouth. I remember vividly, my sister used to get Tiger Beat and Bop and all those teen magazines. Yeah. And they were always sitting around, and I have no shame. I'd be like curious. They're like, oh, hey, Alyssa Milano, you got my attention. I had a horrible crush on Alyssa Milano. Everybody had a and horrible crush just, on Alyssa Milano. I would Everyone. just flip through the magazine and see all like the, oh, it's Jason Bateman. Yeah, Corey Haynes, Corey Feldman. And there'd be like people that like disappeared. Like, what? There's Corey Hart. There's a lot of Corys. What the hell's going on? Corn Nemec. Before, right. You know, for a while, he went by Corey. He went by Corky for yeah. first, then Corin. Corky, then... thank you. Yeah. But there was a lot of these guys, like, they would be in a TV show. And it was only on for like 13 episodes. And all of a sudden, they're on the cover of the magazine. Everybody's talking about it. how many How many magazines had C.B. Barnes on it? <laughs> but C.B. Barnes is dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember that. And every single friggin' issue was a Corey Aim, Corey Feldman. Like, oh, another centifold. Oh, another article. And in fact, I think one issue was all just them. It was a license to drive special. That's great. But every single last photo of Corey Haim is eh? <laughs> Slack John. He's like my, uh, so funny. my dog shuts her mouth more often than he did. He is like ah, ah, ah. Yeah, close your mouth, Corey. Yeah, and uh, I, it's still it's the pinnacle of their little get together. I'm surprised the movie wasn't bigger than it was. Only 16 million. I, I thought everybody went and saw this movie. I thought so too, but I guess everybody who could were teenagers, and we didn't have money. I suppose. No, you know, and it's kind of a shame because uh, after that he did Watchers, and that was barely released, and it was really that was straight budget. to video. Was like, that was, was it straight? Yeah. I thought they released it on, on whatever. But yeah, well, they might have from done that theater, to that. But... You're like, what? Yeah. But I, I really, really, really enjoy License to Drive. I think I still enjoy it. But I try to enjoy things for what they are now as opposed to steeped in nostalgia. But I just can't get right. away from the nostalgia. Not on License to Drive. There are a couple movies that are like that. Like uh, Men at Work is another one that's steeped in nostalgia for <laughs> me. Oh my god, Men at Work. It's actually, it's actually quite similar to License to Drive in that they have to go from here to there, there to here, there to there, and try to, you know, stop this thing, or, you know, get home on time, or whatever sort of adventures. Uh, both of those movies are quite similar. They came out around the same time. Uh, yeah, a couple years apart. Uh, there's more of a social, political kind of thing going on in Men at yeah, Work yeah. than there's License to Drive. License yeah. to Drive is very simple, and I think it relates to every generation, Yep. because everybody wants to pass that test they want to get their license they want to get a freedom they want to date the hot whatever boy or girl yep that's true um it's it's such a fun movie but from a from a guy's perspective and i think actually from a girl's perspective even though heather graham is in it as a lot of eye candy and she has a couple of moments in there before she gets drunk um 
it's just a boy movie. And but my wife likes it. My wife really likes that movie too. So, uh, yeah, I think everybody. Well, it doesn't have stupid it. female. It has smart female characters that do occasionally do stupid things. Her mom, he, and not her mom, his mom. Like I said, Carol Kane. It's just perfection. Yes. She's just so uh, So I think that's about great. it for us. Yeah. I, I, that movie's up on Netflix. It finally got re-released on DVD. You can pick it up for dirt cheap with all yeah. the special features. Yep. License to drive. So uh, next next uh, car episode, we might do an episode in between, but next car episode is going to be Mad Max, which comes out in a month from here. Yeah, not primarily just cars, but most of those post-apocalyptic movies. Yeah, we're, 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 we're going to touch we're on... Not gonna... We're going to touch on Matt, the Mad Max series because of the crazy nonsense car thing that we talked about and the new one's coming up and my theory about it uh, but the uh, other stuff like you said the, the knockoffs and whatever a lot of those are cars but not a lot of them are either so right we're just gonna do a grab bag of post-apocalyptic stuff we'll call it like carpocalypse pal <laughs> okay all right that's fine carpocalypse or maybe just carpocalypse but carpocalypse pal carpocalypse, yeah i'm fine with the pal i'm fine with anything so uh, that's it, I guess, for now. All right, Until that's then. It. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Good night. Oh, all right, give me a kiss.